It's July 24th, and this is episode 253. You are invited to join me, Meg Teets, and one of my favorite people on the planet, my regular sidekick here on Sorta Awesome, my sister Emily Harris, to talk about turning our quarantine anxiety into awesome. Well, sort of, maybe, with mental health self-care. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about conversations, friendship, and community. Whether you found us through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, by recommendation from a friend or from our other show, Awesome Today, it is so awesome that you are here with us today. Again, this is episode 253, and today I am visiting with my dear, dear, dear younger sister by just a few months, Emily Harris. Emily, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We are going to be talking today about something that you and I talk about on the regular in our private lives, off mic, via Voxer, texting and phone call. We are both people who are always striving for good and better mental health self-care. Emily, you have a lot of experience in this. I can't wait to hear your wisdom. I'm so thankful that you came on the show today to talk about it. Well, I'm happy to be here, like I said, and I think between the two of us, we have some great tips and ideas. Yeah, I really do think so. We're going to talk about some of our own personal stuff, like where we are and all of this. I'll tell you guys what, here's a little behind the scenes for you. We originally were going to try to put together an episode talking about how we can all be preparing ourselves for the craziness that is the upcoming school year with some people in some areas doing 100% virtual schooling, with some people doing a hybrid of virtual and on-campus learning, and some people doing 100% on-campus learning. Emily, as you all may remember, if you're returning awesome, you know, Emily is a longtime teacher. She teaches middle school art right now, but she's been in education for a very long time and has her master's degree in education administration. So she knows what she's talking about in that realm. I'm a parent of five with four of those in public schools. So we thought, okay, we have a lot we could talk about, but I'll tell you what, when I started digging in and Emily started looking, both of us came to the realization like what we really need to talk about for everybody, because everything is changing so much with schools right now. I mean, literally, didn't you just tell me like last week you had gotten one communication from your district yep. about like, this is what school's going to look like. And then like the next day there was a yeah. new email. Yep. We here in Oklahoma City are waiting right now for our school board to meet today to decide. And this is again, after lots of communication in the past few weeks, they're making a more clear decision today. So it's so up in the air that we thought, you know what? People don't even know at this point in July so many of us don't even know what school's going to look like. Let's focus on like the bigger overarching thing. And that is that no matter what school looks like, no matter what returning to work looks like, if you have not been in the workplace, what we all need right now is to take care of ourselves, especially mentally and emotionally. So Emily, thank you so much for joining me to have this conversation. Well, you're welcome. As you mentioned, we were kind of doing research for what our original purpose, our original idea was. And it was like really stressful. <laughs> and so I was like, I need some self-care. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was really stressful. 
I think because you and I are absolutely in the thick of it right now, as many people are. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know what? On down the road, as things begin to firm up and people at least kind of get their feet on the ground with an understanding of what school's going to look like this fall, maybe we will revisit this topic with some creative strategies to talk about how to make it more awesome. But we really thought the best way we could meet the needs of our awesome community right now is to help people get in their hands, in their minds, ideas about what we can be doing to take care of ourselves right now. So we have so much to cover. We're going to talk about creating a self-care corner for yourself. We're going to talk about apps that you can access. We're going to talk about good old-fashioned self-care strategies that maybe you have forgotten about. We have a lot we're going to cover here in just a few minutes. But Emily, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always start sort of awesome. And that is with our awesomes of the week. It's the moment in the show where we talk about the books or TV shows, movies, products, podcasts, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome right now. Emily, what do you have for us this week? All right. You know me. I have another beauty product. Yes. Okay. This is a very awesome find. It is a Maybelline powder. You can get it at any drugstore and it's called Superstay Full Coverage. And let me tell you, okay, you know, Texas is hot. Oklahoma's hot. It's hot this summer. It's hot. Yes. And it is dang near impossible to find something that will mattify my face because it's just, I mean, I go outside and two minutes, my (laughs) makeup falls off. It's like really sad. Yeah. Instant sweat when you walk outside for sure. Yeah. So I did a little research. Mm -hmm. I did some Googling. Yeah. And I found this and I totally guessed on my shade. I got it off Amazon. Okay. By dang it, it works so right. good. I have it on right now. I don't know if okay. you can tell. I can. Your face looks really mattified. It yes. really does. I mean, this <laughs> stuff, this last hours outside, okay. that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. Did you tell us the whole name of it? Yes. Can I space out? Okay, tell us again, because I was like in another another world for just a minute. You know, I was thinking to myself, like, I need a powder. That is one thing that I don't have. And then I started thinking, like, is my face like super greasy when I walk outside? So I space out for just a second. (laughs) Tell me the name of it again so I can go look it up. (laughs) Okay. It's called Super Stay Full Coverage Powder. Okay. And who's it by? Maybelline. Maybelline. All right. Okay. Yeah. And so did you feel like when you looked on Amazon, was it fairly easy to guess your shade? I mean, that's pretty lucky that you're able to just guess it. Yeah. You know, I'm always a little bit darker in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I wear sunscreen, I'm always a little bit darker. What I did was, I think I've used Maybelline before. So I saw my shade that I used during the rest of the year. And then I went two shades darker. Ooh, okay. So I guess that's how I guessed. Yeah. It worked. Okay. Loving it. We will have a link in the show notes for you guys if you also would like to mattify your summer face for sure. Emily always brings us the best beauty products too, sort of awesome. And to my personal life, you guys, she's totally (laughs) my beauty guru for sure. Well, thank you. Okay. Well, my awesome of the week is something that everybody is talking about and has been talking about for a few weeks, but I couldn't not mention this on the show. My awesome of the week this week is the Babysitter's Club series on. Netflix. Tell us all about it. Okay. It is a 10 episode series just dropped on Netflix earlier this month. Fans of the Babysitter's Club everywhere are loving it. And many of us are getting it to introduce the babysitters to our daughters and other young women in our lives through this series, which first of all, you guys, 
a big excuse me to media writers who are insinuating that this series by Ann and Martin that launched in 1986 somehow belongs to the millennials and to Gen Y, whoever that is. <laughs> I have two Gen Zers. Who is Gen Y? Is that a millennial? I don't know. I don't know. But Gen Xers like me and you, that yes. generation is from 1965 to 1980. I right. will tell you what, I was 10 years old mm-hmm. when I got the first box set. Our Aunt Karen gave me, I remember this specifically, gave me for my 10th birthday, Aww. a box set of the first five Babysitter's Club books. And right. Emily, I was hooked right away. I don't remember. Help me remember because you know my memory is terrible. Did you also read oh, them, yes. enjoy them, love them? We read all of them. From what we I did. remember, we literally read all of them. And it was, oh, it was like so fun to get lost in the world. And then also wanting to have a babysitter's club in real life. Like thinking, I know. We could totally do this. Me and my friends could do this. Yes, absolutely. I think it inspired many a real life babysitter's club, both when it first came out. And when I was researching for this segment, Uh I saw an article that says that girls right now today, because of the Netflix series, are being inspired to form their own babysitter's club. Okay. Anyway, Gen Xers everywhere. Fear not. You are not crazy. This series belonged firstly (laughs) for the Gen X. It was ours. The others. Right. (laughs) Okay, so I have to tell you, just to give you an overview of this series, I want to give you a quote from culture writer Catherine Van Arendonk, who was writing this at Vulture. She says of the series, it is a vision of the Babysitter's Club that smartly updates it for the world of 2020 without also sacrificing the innate warmth and optimism of the original books. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the perfect way to describe it. So what you get is an updated version of the girls that we loved from Stony Brook, perfectly updated for 2020, but it's still the same tone and the same themes and definitely the same storylines and story arcs for sure. Mm -hmm. The first thing that you'll notice when you start to watch is that they have diversified our girls, which back when in 1986, when Anne and Martin was writing these originally, there was a little diversity in the sense that we had in the original group of babysitters, we had Claudia Kishi, who is Japanese American, later having Jesse join the cast, and she was a young Black American girl. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of diversity, but it was pretty white. But we see straight off the bat that they have chosen casting wise to write and cast Marianne Spear as a mixed race girl. Her late mother is Black, and her widower dad is white. So that was a big change, a huge change casting wise. and writing choices wise is that Don Schaefer is played by Soshi Gomez, who is Latina. So big difference from the blonde hair, blue eyed Don Schaefer of the books. Right. We also see not only some changes in diversity in terms of race and ethnicity, but also in orientation. For example, in the Netflix series, Don's dad is gay, a well-known babysitting charge of theirs. Charlotte Johansson has two moms and that whole family, they are all Black Americans. So that was a big change. So in all of the places that Rachel Shuckert, who did the updated screenplay, did this writing for this series, anywhere she could sort of reimagine and modernize storylines, she did. 
she also did a great job of that with the dialogue. For example, Emily, they talk about like postmating some pizza. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Which I thought was such a cute touch. And they just say it so naturally. Like, of course, this is how teens talk today. Right, right. There was a, oh, Alicia Silverstone is in this. She plays Christy Watson's mom. Oh, how fun. And she does a fantastic job. I mean, it's so fun to see her on screen again. And she has a conversation with Christy because her mom is getting engaged to Watson, which is, of course, a huge storyline early in the books. Mm-hmm. And Alicia Silverstone's character was kind of joking around with Christy, who didn't want her mom to get married, basically. And she was like, and from now on, I want you to refer to me as of Watson, which is a big, <laughs> clever wink to The Handmaid's Tale and stuff like that. So I do feel like there are jokes embedded in here, even for women our age who are watching right. the series. But overall, I just have to say that it still has the same core message. It is about empowering girls. It is about reminding girls that they are highly trustworthy, that they are responsible. I think it's such a message for girls and teens that they so need to hear because teen girls are often so derided in our larger culture. People tend to dismiss their taste in music, their taste in clothes, their taste in social media habits. Anna Martin, back in 1986, began a series that really affirmed girls in all of their awkwardness and their mm-hmm. awesomeness. And I think that Rachel Shuckert has done a masterful job, a very awesome job of continuing that legacy with the Netflix version. So I am giving a huge thumbs up, big awesome of the week to the Babysitter's Club on Netflix. All right. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't, but it's on my to watch list. It's very bingeable. They're like 20 or 30 minute episodes and there's just 10 of them. So super easy to put it on. And if you just need a little pick me up, something to feel good about in this world, I highly recommend it. Okay, you guys, those are our awesomes of the week. Like I said, we will put notes in the show notes for you, some links if you need those to check them out. Just want to remind you that we are always wondering what is awesome in your life every week. So we do that over on Instagram. You can find us there at Sorta Awesome Show where we have an Awesome of the Week thread every week over there for our Awesomes of Instagram. We also talk about this every week in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook. If you haven't joined us there, we sure would love to have you. It's a great time to join the Hangout. All kinds of love and support and encouragement over there, plus Awesome of the Week thread on Friday. So if you haven't joined us there, head on over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. All right, this is normally the moment in the show where we take a little break and word from our sponsors, but we don't have any sponsors this week. So I just really want to quickly remind you, if you haven't already, go over and check out our brand new podcast, Awesome Today. This is a daily conversation between me and my husband, Kyle, and we're just kind of talking about some awesome things in the world that you might have missed, whether it is a notable date from history or just a headline that's interesting, something that you might have missed out there. We have talked about all kinds of things, art and TV and music and all kinds of good stuff. It's the kind of podcast that you can just put on in the background, maybe while you're doing makeup or doing the breakfast dishes or driving around town, whatever you have going on. We'd love to keep you company while you are doing that. So it's super easy to find in any podcast app on Spotify, all the places. Just search for Awesome Today. All right, Emily, like I said at the top of the show, We started this episode with one idea in mind. I think we quickly, both because of what we experienced as we kind of got overwhelmed with all of the strategizing for a school year. absolutely. And then, you know what, just like full disclosure, I'll tell you guys that this whole quarantine 
has been difficult mental health wise for me. I know I'm just like, I'm sure. I mean, I know I'm just one person of many. I will say that we're recording this right now. Yesterday, I had a full on panic attack, like the first one that I've had probably since shortly after Nico was born. And as I was trying to think about like, what could have brought this on? It was sort of like nothing and also everything. Right. Just piling up layer upon layer of things that just feel like, oh, it's really heavy to carry all of this right now. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. And now I absolutely can see just the fact that you have kids, you have some kids that you're registering for school. You've got the boys, you're considering homeschooling with them and you've got the baby and all of this, it's overwhelming. And I'm moving soon this coming weekend. Which is hugely stressful, whether you're in quarantine or not. Just by itself is stressful. And then like we had a faculty meeting yesterday and I got off the phone, I got off the Zoom call, I started crying. Like, yes, it's so overwhelming, everything that is going on. And I think a big part of me being overwhelmed is the unknown. I do not mm-hmm. like not knowing what's going to happen in the future and not having a plan. And we're all in this together. I know people keep saying that, but I right. think it's important to talk about this kind of stuff. I totally agree. We are in this together. Absolutely. Whether you are really thriving in these difficult times, because maybe just like a resiliency has risen to the surface. Maybe you're struggling or maybe one day you're thriving and the next day you're struggling. Right. And that's totally normal. Yeah. Totally normal. I wanted to especially do this show because as I thought about, all of us are going to have to adapt what normal is as we go into the school year. And again, I keep saying school year, but also for those of you who may be returning to work either as a teacher or something related to school, but also Mm -hmm. many businesses are kind of tentatively beginning to reopen offices and have their workers come back in. And I can tell you, even just like things like returning to mass on Sunday mornings, there are very strict procedures. And so we're there, we're at mass, we're getting to participate in the sacrament, but at the same time, everything is like the same, but it's also radically different in a lot of ways. And I just think it is so important for all of us to just kind of be able to call out that this is a difficult time. And we're in this together. And so building a really solid foundation of mental health self-care, because also I think an aspect of this, Emily, is nobody knows when this is going to end or be better. Mm -hmm. I never would have imagined as we were looking at the school year that we'd be talking about some of the options that we're looking at right now. Mm -hmm. There's this great unknown, and that is also taxing. And I think many of us are just like, okay, I'm just going to do the bare minimum that I can until this ends. And that that goalpost just keeps getting moved further and further down. Yep. So that kind of leads me to the first thing I want to talk about. We really have some five areas that we want to look at for good mental health self-care. The first thing I want to talk about is breaking out of survival mode. Because I do think that many of us since March, when the actual really strict quarantine started to happen here in the United States, and of course, depending on where you are in the world, this may have looked different at different times. But many of us have necessarily gone into survival mode just because nobody knows what's happening and everything's so different and so stressful. Mm -hmm. I wanted to remind you guys of a strategy that I came up with many years ago. I didn't come up with it. I incorporated it from many different sources is what I should say. I sort of synthesized what a lot of different people had shared with me. Okay. To sort of break out of survival mode. This was helpful to me when I was coming out of survival mode, when the twins were kind of hitting that sort of 
two-year-old phase. And I was really finally coming out of the fog of postpartum right. depression and yeah. just like sort of starting to feel like myself again. My friend, Erin Odom, shared this first idea with me, this first strategy really for breaking out of survival mode. It's something we've talked about on Sort of Awesome. I think she was like on episode four, maybe of the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Episode. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so long ago, back in 2015. And this is called three D's. So this is going to be a reminder to some of you who are awesomes from the way back days. But if you're new to Sort of Awesome, let me share with you what the three D's are. This is a great practical strategy for getting out of survival mode. I remember these now, now that you're talking about it. Oh, do you? I totally remember these. Yes. Good. And this is applicable for really any time of life. When you've been in survival mode and you start to go like, okay, I got to take some first steps forward. These are some good baby steps forward. So the three days are the things that you take care of every day. The first one is dishes. If you can stay on top of your dishes, whether that's putting them in the dishwasher, doing hand washing after each meal, whatever that looks like for you, staying on top of the dishes every day, that can help you to feel like, okay, there's at least one thing that is not chaos, bringing some order to the kitchen, which is usually the heart of the home, whether you are single or if you have a house full, if you get your dishes done. So that's the first D. The second D is dinner. First thing in the morning, decide what you're going to have for dinner. Yes. Because as you and I both know, like 4.35 o'clock is not the time to decide what's for dinner. Especially when your kids are all, what's for dinner? Uh Uh-huh, exactly. And this gives you a chance, like if you're going to throw something in the Instapot or the slow cooker, or if something just needs to thaw, if you just need to thaw some frozen hamburger that you're going to turn into hamburger helper, (laughs) which I recommend that you don't. (laughs) Emily and I, bless it. Our parents had a lot of struggles and they had a lot to deal with. Okay. So that preface. We cooked a lot and they made us do hamburger helper. We cooked a lot of meals for the family and a lot of hamburger helper. If I had to eat hamburger helper right now, I would genuinely throw up. No, I would eat it. I would starve rather than eat hamburger helper again. It's full of preservatives. Right now when we're talking about it, I can like taste it. I can taste it in my memory. So bad. No, listen though, no shame to hamburger helper. If that's what you got to do to feed your family. Yes. You do it. And that's what our parents, like I said, they had a lot of struggles. They needed help. Hamburger helper was helpful. So if you got to do hamburger helper, you do it. Just Emily and I just don't invite us. (laughs) (laughs) Because we'll act like jerks about it. (laughs) We will. Or we'll make a scene by throwing up. Well, you won't make a scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're staying on top of dishes. You're playing in your dinner. The third one is do laundry. Yes. Get your underwear washed, get the essentials washed, throw them in there, do one load to completion every day. If you're bored, if you hate it, put on awesome today in the background, Kyle, and I'll numb your brain with just random talk and you can get it done in the time that you're listening to awesome today or sort of awesome or whatever. I mean, Emily, if it weren't for podcasts and audiobooks, no laundry would get done around here if it's up to me. Absolutely. I actually, you know, you say that ever since we've been like on quarantine or stuck at home or whatever. I have found that like, I cannot sit and listen to a podcast. I have to be doing something. And that's that's a great motivation to like get the laundry done or clean the kitchen or whatever. So I'm right there with you. Okay. Once you've gotten the three D's down again, it's dishes, dinner, and do laundry. Then you can add in what I call the big three. And this is just the idea that once you have that foundation, once you're like every day, okay, I got my three D's. I feel good. I'm ready to take on something else. Pick three things that you want to get done for the day. Just three just three. They can be little things, scheduling appointments, going for a 20 minute walk. They can be 
very low key, low intensity things, or they can be bigger things. Do not put something like reorganize the twins closet. (laughs) If you're coming out of survival mode, it's not the time to do that. Now, if you're feeling good about life, if you're fully functioning, life's great, go ahead and reorganize that closet. But if you are in that fog of coming out of survival mode, it's not the time to take on a major project, but put three things on your list, just three, that if at the end of the day, you get those three things done, and again, they can be so tiny, that you're going to feel like, you know what? Today counted. I made today count. I did these three things. It is so satisfying to mark those off a list. You feel like you've accomplished something. Yes, exactly. Even if all you did was make appointments, you know, you have them, they're in your calendar. So yeah, I love that. That's great. So helpful. Okay, the next thing that I wanna suggest is to build for yourself in your home a self-care corner for those really bad mental health days. This does not have to be anything fancy. It does not have to be Pinterest. My self-care corner is literally one corner of the love seat in my living room. Wait, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. (laughs) What's happening? In March or April, I don't remember. Yeah. Sometimes your self-care corner was your van. (laughs) That's true. Yes. You remember that? That absolutely was. And And that's actually not a bad idea. Like I've actually seen quite a few women with kids that will sit in their car with the AC on and some podcast or music. I mean. I know. Thank you for reminding me of that. Seriously. I need to do that again. Nico is in, bless it, that just like super clingy, Mm -hmm. early, early toddler stage. And it's difficult. I love him. He's adorable. He wants to be around mom all the time. Yes. In my shadow every minute of the day. Thank you for reminding me. I can hand him over to his sister and be like, I'm Uh not going anywhere, but I am going to my van. (laughs) Right. Right. Bye-bye. There you go. So you were saying the corner of your love seat. Okay. Yeah. If you want to stay in air conditioning, if you want something less mobile. Yes. (laughs) Because what if you're, I mean, listen, you're in the van. It's a little tempting to be like, what if I just went to Sonic. No, what if I just like drove away? Oh, like <laughs> what if away. I just drove off? Yes. <laughs> Not going to lie. That thought occurs to me sometimes when I'm driving somewhere by myself. I'm like, what if I just kept driving? How long would it take before they noticed? <laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. Oh, Listen, oh my they keep me on a tight leash around here. It would probably take five minutes and be like, mom, probably. mom, yes. mom, mom, yeah. where are you, mom? When are you coming back? <laughs> okay. I would encourage you to build your self-care corner over time, especially on days when you're feeling good. Don't wait until you're in a downward slide. Find a place. It could be your bed. It could be, like I said, a corner of the love seat. It could be a corner of the kitchen, your desk, your van, whatever, where you can retreat when you're having a down day. Then fill that area, like keep it maybe a basket or some kind of easily accessible that you can fill with things to take care of yourself. So maybe this is like, your favorite essential oils that give you a little pick-me-up. Maybe it is one of your favorite books that you use for comfort reading. So you can pick up a Harry Potter where you left off and just escape to Hogwarts while the world goes on around you. Mm -hmm. It could be coloring pages. If you like to do coloring, if that's relaxing for you, you know you. What is it that really just you feel like, okay, I'm being taken care of when I experience this. It could be rosary beads. It could be a worry stone. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Knitting, crocheting. Knitting. Yes. AJ and I have decided we're going to really get serious about learning how to do embroidery this summer. We both have loved it for a long time. So we're ordering embroidery kits so we can take a 
time out to stitch something every day. So yeah, something that is going to let you have a little escape. Now for me, again, truly the corner of my love seat in my living room works because I can be there. I'm present. It's a signal to me like I am taking a little mama time out right now, but I'm there as the action is swirling around me. Find a place that makes it work. And I think this is so incredibly important too, especially for parents who are going to be doing schooling again in the fall. As we all learned at the end of last school year, there's a lot of overwhelm. If you haven't trained to be a teacher or if you don't have homeschooling experience, I'll tell you what, this was so fascinating to me. I was listening to Senator Tammy Duckworth on the New York Times podcast, The Argument, last week. And she was talking about the end of the conversation. They were talking about schooling choices. Now, here she is. She's a senator. She lives in Virginia outside of Washington, D.C., so she can be close at hand to go into the Capitol as needed. But the argument we're asking her, like, what are you guys going to do for schooling in the fall? And she was saying that they're preparing for all virtual schooling. So she's like, so that means I'm going to be, you know, schooling my kids at home again. And the hosts were like, wait a second, you're literally a U.S. senator and you're the person in your household who's schooling your kids. And she was like, yeah. Who else is going to do it? I know. Well, she's a husband. He has a job too. Right. And one of the hosts asks her, because if you don't know Senator Duckworth, she is an army veteran. She lost both of her legs in the Iraq war. And she has an amazing, powerful story. So she's an army veteran. She flew helicopters. And so one of them asked, what's harder, flying an army helicopter or homeschooling your kids? And she was like, homeschooling my kids is harder. She said, I spent a year of intensive training learning how to fly a helicopter for the military. I know how to do that. I do not know how to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so affirming to be like, oh my gosh, if Senator Duckworth, a literal U.S. hero and a senator is on the struggle bus, I feel a little better about the fact that I also am struggling here. Welcome to our world. Exactly. (laughs) I do think that it's also way harder to homeschool your own kids than someone Mm. else's because it's a different dynamic. It is. Yes. Okay. This next one, Emily, I've been talking so much. I really want to turn this over to you because I know this is something that you do as a practice. You're very faithful to it. I know it's super helpful for you. Let's talk about journaling. Okay. I guess it was probably five or six years ago. One of my counselors recommended that I start journaling. Okay. I was very hesitant at first because I genuinely, and I think this is probably a misnomer that a lot of people have is that it has to be formal or it has to be like, dear diary. It's so so not like that. Dear diary, today is a bad day, which if that works for you, go for it. (laughs) Right. Right. Tell us what it can look like and how it can be helpful. Well, I will say that there are so many websites and articles about how to do it right. Well, I don't agree with any of that. I think the number one rule for me is there are no rules. Make it work for you. A lot of people say journal in the morning right when you wake up. Well, that's not really helpful for me. What my thing is, you know, do it how you want to. I journal when my anxiety is so high that I literally don't know what to do. I feel like I am about to crawl out of my skin. I do some other like breathing exercises and stuff like that. And if that's not working, I will journal. And I have even shared this on my Facebook, but you would not believe what it does to you. Like I can be upset in the middle of the night about something and I can take my journal out and just write. I can write anything. I can write a list. I can 
write a letter to a person I'm mad at and with no intention to give it to them or send it to them. And I can feel so much better. I will sing the praises of journaling forever because it just does something to you. Like I said, a lot of people have all of these rules and guidelines and, oh, you have to use a real journal. Well, the journal I'm using right now literally was like $2 at Target. It's literally mm-hmm. like a composition notebook. Yes, That's what I'm totally. using right now. Now, I will say that some people suggest that you keep your journals and reread them. I do not do that. I am in a program, a 12-step program, as some of you know, and it is recommended that we don't go back and read it. And so when I finish a journal, I shred it and I'm done. good. Start a new one. Yes. And move forward. You know what? I did the same thing. I had a journal that I kept during my darkest days of postpartum after the twins were born. And Mm -hmm. it had some pretty raw truths that I was experiencing at the time. Some really, really, really big feelings. And when I was done with that, I also was like, I was the same way. I was like, I actually don't want a record of this. And I actually don't want to go back and relive it or revisit it. I want it to be gone. It served its purpose well in the time that I needed it. And I put it in the dumpster and walked away and done and done. But hey, now, some people do feel like I'm going to keep it. I'm going to go back so I can see how far I've grown. So yes. I can see yes. the changes that I've made. And that's totally fine too. Like you said, there's no rules. Yeah. So follow your intuition as to what to do once you have filled up that journal. Absolutely. If you don't know what to write about, I mean, you can find like so many journal prompts online. Okay. But then you can also just ask yourself a question like, what did I do today? Mm-hmm. Or What's the weirdest fact I learned this week? Anything to like kind of get yourself into that writing mode. Sure. You'd be surprised what comes kind of after that. It just kind of gets those creative juices flowing and then really kind of works. Yeah. And if you're new to journaling, one thing I've done in the past is do like one sentence a day, literally just be like, I'm just going to write one sentence. You you could even do it at the bottom of your planner, write one sentence a day, reflecting back on the day just to get you in the habit. I was okay. going to ask you, and I'm glad that you answered that because I was wondering if it is a thing that is more like free form or if there's a guide that you use to ask yourself questions. But I like that idea of just kind of keeping it open-ended. And maybe like Emily, maybe you only pick it up when you're really in a bad spiral right. with your mental health, or maybe you just make it a daily practice. And right. any way you do it is fine. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for sharing those insights with us. The next section I wanted to talk about, the fourth thing on my list is to check out some of the many, many, many mental health and wellness apps that are available for your mobile device right now. We were just talking before we hit record about how many there are that you can choose from these days. There are a lot. There's so many of them. And so I'm going to share with you kind of really quickly, bullet point style, let's see, six of them that I think are good. Emily, you feel free to jump in on any of these okay? because when you are struggling with mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, OCD, whatever, it can feel really overwhelming to open up the app store and be like, okay, where do I start? Right, right. So the very top of my list is one that I have used for a long time. I love it so much. It's called Shine. Now, full disclosure, Shine was a sponsor of Sword of Awesome some time back. It's been a while now. They are no longer a sponsor and I don't have a sponsor code to give you. I'm sorry to say that for their premium edition, but even their free edition is so helpful. I like Shine because it is daily dose of mental self-care and it can really just hit you wherever you are. Like you don't have to be in a bad place. I actually think it's a good 
mental health maintenance app. Mm-hmm. Because if you engage with it, whether it's reading one of their articles or listening to one of their audio or their meditations or whatever, it kind of helps you keep a baseline of good mental health. It was created by women of color. So they bring in a diversity of voices to the app and a diversity of issues that may be affecting people. So I actually love it so much. I did pay for the premium subscription for a year because I use it that much. But there are many features on the Shine app that are totally free to anybody that I think are super helpful. The second one I want to share is one that I just discovered and I've really been loving it. It's called Mood Fit. It is a free mental health app. And it's basically kind of to help you shape up your mood, sort of like instead of training to get into better physical shape, it helps you train to get into better mental shape. So they give you a questionnaire at the beginning to kind of get an assessment of where you are, what you're experiencing, and then it helps you to track your moods over time. And it lets you actually have a tracker to record all kinds of things that affect your feelings, whether it's sleep or your medication, your exercise, all of those things. And it gives you strategies to help you kind of review negative thoughts that you might be having. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I definitely struggle with is having a balance of mood. And so Mm -hmm. this one has been a really good, helpful one for me. Again, it's called Mood Fit. Now, the next one is called Talkspace. Probably most of us have heard of Talkspace. It's an app, but what it does, instead of like Mood Fit, they're just going to send you like, oh, you're saying you're struggling with this. Why don't you try this kind of thing? Talkspace connects you with a real life human being who is a counselor or therapist. And do you remember that I use Talkspace? Yes. Okay. Okay. Tell us more about your experience with it. Right. So, gosh, this was probably a year and a half ago. I started using it. I liked the idea of being able to talk to a licensed therapist without having to go in and see someone. Right. Oh my gosh. I was matched with this perfect person. Her name was Lindsay. She was just amazing. We connected. I was actually able to talk to her, I think every day, except I want to say like Saturdays and Mondays were her days off, Mm -hmm. but we would write back and forth on all of the other days. And so about a week of talking is equal to like one session of talking in a traditional counselor Mm -hmm. therapist situation. Right. But man, the convenience of it, because like you said, you can write to your person on the website or you can just download the app and just type in what you want from there. Like texting someone. Exactly. It's literally like texting. And then also... I think I got like one or two free video sessions because I had had the service for so long. You can pay extra for it too. That was awesome as well. So then I got to see match a face with the person that I had been talking to. Totally. And it's really not like extravagantly more expensive than regular therapy. Yeah. So that's Talkspace. And that can be a really good option if for whatever reason because of quarantine or just variety of reasons, you can't get in to see somebody face-to-face. It can be a good option. And it is with a real-life trained, licensed person. Yes. So you can have confidence in that. And the next one I wanted to mention is called Happify. Now, Happify is all about playing games. So if you want something that's a little bit more lighthearted, it is for you to play. It is science-based. So all of the activities are science-based. It's kind of one of those that's going to help you reduce stress, build resilience, help you counteract those negative thoughts that you might be experiencing. They really have been developed by psychology experts. And so there's a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy stuff in there, but it's all in the form of games. So it makes it more fun. 
So that might be one to check out if you want to go a different route, a little bit more interactive, I think, route on Happify. And the last one I wanted to mention is called Sanvelo. It is for teens and adults, and it really deals specifically with anxiety and mood disorders. And again, it's one that works with cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, and helps you to look at your thought patterns and how to challenge them. It really does a good job of teaching you techniques like deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, mindfulness meditation. It does come with a tracker so you can track and chart how you're doing your self-care habits, those types of things. This particular app really encourages problem solving. So if you're like, I know I'm struggling, I need help, I want to break out of some of these thought patterns, I need help getting my anxiety under control, then it can be a really effective app because it's really geared towards taking action and really engaging with the struggles that you're having. Right. That is a list. And I'll put links in the show notes to names of all of these so that you can go and check them out yourselves. I think all of these that I picked are available for both iOS and Android devices. Okay. And the last thing I just mentioned CBT and this, again, this is cognitive behavioral therapy. If you've done traditional counseling or therapy of any kind, you have certainly most likely interacted with cognitive behavioral therapy. Emily, you definitely have some background here. Right. In fact, we found a really great link from positivepsychology.com that really gives you some resources, puts them right in your hand to have a better understanding of CBT and how to use that. Like if you need a supplement to your therapy, or if you're just, again, not in a space where you can get into a counselor right now, I think this is a good resource to have a beginning understanding of this. So why don't you tell us more about that? Right. One of the main goals of cognitive behavioral therapy is to change your thought processes that are not super accurate for whatever situation you're in. For example, like I have OCD. And so I have these extremely like looping thoughts about things that are not always accurate or that are jumping to conclusions. And so what CBT does is it kind of breaks that cycle of the recurring thoughts and it allows me to kind of come up for air and take Mm. a break from that. Yes. Whether it be finding a distraction or, and this sounds totally counterintuitive, but leaning into that fear. Like leaning Mm -hmm. into the fear of like, I don't know what's going to happen with the school year and sit with it a minute so that it's not so uncomfortable. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm telling you, it works so well. And the great thing about this website that we'll put in the show notes is that it talks about several of the common cognitive distortions like blaming, Mm -hmm. assuming everyone else is at fault and not looking at your own responsibility. Shoulds like what I should do or what he should do or the rules that we tell each other that we have in certain situations, whether with anything, with any kind of personal relationship. Emotional reasoning is another good one. If I feel it, it must be true. And one thing that Mm. my counselor Mm -hmm. has done several times is acknowledge when I feel something. And then I personally have to find data that counteracts that kind of goes against what I'm feeling. So this is an amazing resource Mm -hmm. that, you know, just talks about some of the common pitfalls that we get into in our thinking. Totally, yes. I absolutely am going to put that link in the show notes. I'm also going to share it on social media this week as a reminder to people to go and check out 
as you're reading through the list, you may be like, oh my gosh, I actually struggle with a lot of this. Maybe I do need to look into seeing a counselor. Maybe I do need to look into some self-help that could help me navigate some of this. Learning about CBT and some of the negative thought patterns that we can get ourselves into has been a game changer for me, for sure. A lot of these things too are kind of, we learned them from our families of origin. We learned them in relationship patterns over time. So it's not like you just learn about it and you're like, oh, so that's what blaming is. Okay. I'm not going to do blaming anymore. <laughs> I, wish that would, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> just because you can recognize the pattern doesn't mean that it's gone. <laughs> doesn't mean it's easy to get out of that pattern. <laughs> no, exactly. But this particular resource does give you some pathways to figure out how to untangle yourself sure. from some of this stuff. So. Emily, I think that's all we have to share. Do you have anything else? No, I think this has been a great conversation and I think it's a good list of resources to kind of have a jumping off point. So I agree. I do. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I do know you are in the midst of all kinds of chaos and craziness. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to come and the awesomes you too. As a reminder, where can people find you? I am on Instagram at Emily34331 and I'm also active in the Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook. Perfect. Okay. You can find me on all of the places, social media, sort of awesome Meg, you know, awesome community. I don't want for you to forget that we are your community on the go. So if you have comments or you want to talk about what is helping you right now, some of the struggles that you're having, if you just want to commiserate with Emily and I, and some of our struggles, if you want to participate in all of the awesome things, you know, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on TikTok and YouTube, all of that by searching Sorta Awesome. You can get a daily dose of awesome from Awesome Today, so don't miss out on any of this. Again, you guys, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. The Sorta Awesome Show is a production of Sorta Awesome Media, the company that is lovingly fixing you up a cup of fresh, hot awesome just the way you like it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.